Well, the thunder in my head might go away And the river of pain flow back to sea Well, if you don't come back home, stay Bring a stop in the rain and happiness to me Well, if you would just come back, I'd be so grateful And the storm Howdy, everybody. Cable Smith welcoming each and every one of you into episode 150 of Justified Pursuit. Riding shotgun, as always, the good counselor, Chisholm Cook. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. 150 feels like a milestone, except I think our numbering is off, as we confirmed last week. Yeah, we so cheated. It's... We skipped an episode. But oh, pat yourself on the back. You deserve we... it, I guess. I mean, this okay. is... Uh... You know, we're just flying by the seat of our pants here. Yay, <laughs> quasi-150. We did have the one episode that got lost uh, where you forgot to hit record, so... Oh, yeah, or the first episode where I just drank uh, bourbon the entire time, and I don't think we had a run sheet, and it was just a bunch of rambling going on. Like three years before we started actually doing it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was like a uh, prototype that got left on the on the uh, cutting room floor there. Thankfully, yeah, probably a lot more badly. We weren't ready yet. No, we, we weren't ready yet. We were in our infancy. That's we right. Needed to mature before we brought this thing to my my red pill. My red pill had only taken a quarter of an effect at that point, so <laughs> would have been a. Speaking of nice. pills, aren't you supposed to get a new uh, thing in your butt today? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be getting a testosterone pellet put in on Monday. In your yeah. butt. Let's be clear. It's going in your butt. It's going to go in my in my butt cheek, just below the skin. Mm. So I don't think it's fair or accurate. I know, to... but it just sounds good to say you're getting something put in your butt. I don't that's think funny. it sounds good at all. I think it That's funny terrible. to me. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> we were talking on the phone last night, and I was like, hold on, and Aaron had to give me my shot in my butt. The weirdest thing, though, I think about the whole testosterone thing was when we were on that elk hunt and you were like, all right, come give me my shot. I was like, get the hell out of here, bro. I'm not sticking that thing in your butt. You do that to your damn self. Not me. Uh, uh, we're good friends. But I don't, I mean, I don't think I could do that to another man. Yeah. See, see how good a friend cable is. I gave one of our friends a shot in his butt one time. <laughs> what kind of shot? Testosterone shot. <laughs> oh, okay. I think it was his like second one ever, and he's deathly afraid of needles. And uh, we were at at the ranch, and yeah, had to give it to him for him. Uh, it's like I, you know, it, it makes me think of the Bash Brothers, like McGuire and Conseco, just in the in the clubhouse shooting each other in the butt with steroids. Yep, and they had a lot of home runs. The pellets are superior. Don't have to mess with that stuff anymore. Although, as I told you, I called because I'm. You can feel it when they put it in, right? And it, you can feel it shrink. Like the knot gets smaller and smaller. It's supposed to last six months. Mm -hmm. And I, I knew I was close. I didn't remember exactly when I went in, but I was getting close to the end and feeling a little bit, you know, less energized and stuff. And so I called uh, my doctor. I had some additional blood work done a week or so ago so i had to follow up on that anyway i was like so uh what am i due for a shot and she said oh at the end of december you you had your or pellet you, you had it put it in june and i was like she's like but you know some people kind of you know burn through them faster she's like we can you know if you're feeling like you need it we can we can go ahead and do that you know some guys are a lot more active than others and 
you know, the more active you are, the more you'll use. And I was like, well, well I'm a pretty active guy. Um, but I also hiked the Grand Canyon about a month ago, 22 miles with a mile drop in and a mile uh, climb back out. And it took me like a month to get over. So I bet I used up an extra month's worth of it on that. And she goes, mm -hmm. yeah, probably so. So yeah, getting in there Monday, a little early, hmm. five or six weeks early. I don't know. I think I'm just going to stick with the shots. Do each his own. Why did you switch? Um, the only reason I hadn't gone with the pellet originally was it's a little bit more expensive with the pellet. Mm -hmm. um, if you look at it on an annualized basis, it's a couple hundred dollars. Um, when I first started getting on them in my, I think I was like 36 on the shots. Mm -hmm. um, I just didn't want to justify an extra couple hundred bucks. And at the same time, so the, the, the shots are a synthetic hormone, right? It's a manufactured chemical. These pellets are actually made out of like basically they're made out of natural botan botanicals. You can take there's certain supplements you can take that boost your own testosterone production. So they're natural. And then this new doctor I see here now explained that, you know, the shots actually stop your natural testosterone production. But these pellets can actually boost your natural testosterone production. It like works with your body and your endocrine system. Um, mm. So, you know. Being that it's just a couple hundred, few hundred bucks tops for a whole year, I was just like, yeah, let's go do that. I'm tired. I was finding the shots I was on were not, um, I don't know if I was getting, I don't know if the material, the product changed or, you know, being on them for seven years now, if it was just not having the same effect, but keeping up with it, you know, if I went a few days too long traveling or whatever, then I definitely do that. Yeah, I just had too much of a roller coaster, and the benefit of the other benefit of the pellet is it's very consistent, right? Mm -hmm. I'll so, give myself the shot, but I much prefer my uh, nurse practitioner wife to do it. Sure, and uh, and so I I was gone for like five days, six days last week deer hunting, and I knew I needed the shot, and I was just like, eh, I'll just be a couple of days late, and I'll just wait until I get home so she can do it because I just didn't want to do it. So that might be a nice, you know, with the pellet, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a whole lot less. Does it give you the same effect, fantasy. though? And, oh and another question I, I have to say, so we we spend so much time bashing big pharma and not putting drugs in your body and on this show, and, and then we also, at the same, we're on the other side of our mouth, we're like, but also, gentlemen, take testosterone therapy. It's good for you. I mean, I think that's a good thing to, to sit on for a minute. I, we're not, I'm not anti-medicine, mm -hmm. you know? I'm not at all. The doctor that I first got prescribed from he was pushing, he was in his mid sixties and he'd been on the stuff for 20 something years. He was healthy as he could be 20 years ago. Well, right. I mean, it's, it's been around <laughs> compared to MRNA vaccines. This is basically ancient. Right. Uh, I mean, it's, it's hormone therapy, man. Like it's, it's not, it's not modifying okay, your like, RNA. Also don't, if you're a man, don't take uh, or if you're a woman, don't take male hormones. So, but we're also doing hormone therapy ourselves, but we're not cutting our junk off. So. We are we are replacing a hormone We're to make that our junk harder actually in our youth made us strong and vigorous that naturally wanes over time. It's a fountain of youth, man. It's mm. it's tried and tested. It's been around. I tried to do research on my own to figure out what kind of drawbacks there were, and to be honest with you, man, there's really not any. Like there's just not. It makes you 
It helps you lose belly fat. It helps you have energy. It helps you sleep better at night. It helps your mood be more stable. And to your question about does it work as well? Absolutely, dude. As soon as it put, I put it in the second day, I was feeling a little aggro. Um, I got into my garage gym and it was the strongest I had felt in a long time. Like my fifth set of bench, I was still, I was stronger than my first set. Um, about three days in that initial surge tapered off and yeah, it felt great. Like it definitely works. I got stronger fast. All right. Not like you did when you first got on it, where you went from benching what? 200 pounds to benching 315 or whatever in a three month stretch. Cause I'm just not built like you are, but, um, you know, I was hitting 245, which is a lot for me at 175 weight body weight. So yeah, it's good. And I do think there's something to the idea that if it's a natural botanical versus a chemical compound, I feel a little bit better about that. Um, <laughs> Seven years there's later. definitely, <laughs> I don't want to get way too crude and graphic here, but, uh, we have a mostly male podcast. Um, the shouts will make your boys shrivel up a little bit because like I said, it stops your natural testosterone production. It also changes. Um, okay, but I mean, I don't look at that as a negative thing. Like, who wants uh, old I'm not, saggy I balls? Like, I didn't. I didn't care. <laughs> nice tight sack isn't a bad deal. I didn't. I didn't. It didn't stop me from taking them. I haven't noticed, but by the way. When I got on the pellet, that reversed itself. Oh, so now you're like tripping over your forty. No, they didn't balls. grow to a gargantuan size. They just went back to normal. Huh. Um, there's some other changes that you can see between the two in the sexual area that I'll just say things seem more normal uh, on the pellets than for hmm. me, they did on the shots. I, I guess I haven't noticed any of the, those side effects. Well, maybe it's just me. Oh, I mean, not, not, not the active yeah. sex. Both of them, both of them give you, you're waking up with morning wood again. Yeah. Both of them could do that. <laughs> both of them do that. Um, Certainly when you first get on it, it's like, whoa, I haven't woken up with a heart on in died long time. Yeah. I was I didn't even for me, I didn't even realize it had gone away until I woke up one morning and I couldn't take a leak. And I was like, where'd that go? I'll be damned. I wasn't having any quote dysfunction. Right. Um okay, I'll just say it. Well, when you when I got on it, dude, it was because and I remember the conversation so vividly. I was we were talking on the phone and I was in the truck and I was like, I'm driving to get the kids from school. And I was like, I can barely keep my eyes open. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. And you were like, have you gotten your testosterone levels checked? And I was like, I didn't say I couldn't get my, my dick doesn't get hard. I said, I'm tired. He goes, yeah, go get your, just, I was like, get your, your T levels checked. Never even considered it. Had never done any research on it. So that day I went to, what is the place? Uh, the low T center. And they're like, dude, you're in bad shape. And I was like, really? I'm like, I thought I was perfectly fine. And I, I'm not having any problems in the bedroom. And they're like, no, your testosterone levels are that of like a 50 year old. And I was 35, 36, right. whatever it was. So I got the first shot then that day. And then doing it once a week ever since. And I feel yep. great about it. And I don't get, yep. I don't get, there's days once in a while where you're tired in the afternoon, maybe on the end, you know, at the end of the week or whatever. But right. I don't feel like that. I remember that. And I felt like that all the time in the afternoons. Like, do I need a nap? I don't ever take naps. It's Don't literally like one anymore. It's life changing for anybody that's listening. That's mid 30 or older. Check it out. And here's the thing, man. 
there are some clinics that will look at you and say, well, you're right where you're supposed to be for your age. So we're not going to give it to you. If you go to a doctor like that, go check with another doctor because there are awesome doctors who say, yeah, okay, so you're you're 39 and you're right where you're supposed to be on the bell curve at 39, but 39 ain't 25. I can make you feel like 25 right. if you want. And it's like, yeah, let's do that. Uh-huh. Right. Let's feel good. So find one of those doctors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of hard ons, <laughs> today is my 15 year anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Happy anniversary. I'm thinking some steak and maybe some lingerie for dessert. That sounds like the best anniversary. Yep. And then I got Aaron and I tickets to uh, this country musician that she really likes, this guy, William uh, Beckman. He's like a 25-year-old crooner. He sounds more like Roy Orbison. It's like a real classic sound. Cool. And so we're going to go do that. That's not until December. And then I got the woke brother and his wife tickets too because they're big fans of his. So surprise her and the four of us will go and do that. Yeah. Maybe we'll run the uh, lingerie back. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> What's the latest on the wokeness? Uh, any any cracks in the uh, worldview there? Or... Uh, they're still in like, you know, I think it's cool to transgender people and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you like that piece of art that I sent you of uh, the Lizard King? yeah i thought it was great yeah that was definitely so, uh there's this new art piece in um i think it was one in la i think it's where yep. the guy did it and uh it's of gavin newsome and he's got his face looks like it's a mask and then underneath it you can see his scales and it was by uh, yeah new gorilla street art by sabo sabo i don't know uh, in los angeles it's called Gavin Newsom, the mask wearing lizard king of California. And it looks yeah, like and like I can't, uh, I can't help but assume his timing is based on. Uh, are you? Did you see we'll, where? We'll, we'll put this as the, uh, the the graphic that goes with the show on the website, Perfect. so people can see it there. Did Did you see that Gavin Newsom took a uh, giant transport helicopter and Febreze the whole city of San Francisco in preparation <laughs> for Xi Jinping's arrival? Like Xi Jinping isn't used to a little pollution. I mean, come on, he's from China. Good point. Uh, yeah, maybe the I don't. Do Chinese people just crap on the street though? I don't. I don't know. I doubt it. Like... I'm pretty sure you can probably be sent to a gulag in China if you crap on the streets of Beijing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah you so can crap in San Francisco, it's fine. And so, right. Yeah. Well, used to be able to. Needed. Uh, you know what? Those dirty Californians have needed for breezing for some time. So this is probably one of the better things he's done. Actually, I didn't. Does Febreze have? I don't think Febreze has like the good chemicals that kill germs in it. It would have been better if he just doused them on Lysol. So the Febreze joke was a Babylon Bee article mocking the fact that uh, Emperor Newsom. So so maybe it just started. I think it was supposed to start this week. Maybe it's next. Maybe it's still a few days out. But Xi Jinping and something like a few hundred or maybe even a few thousand other you know Chinese emissaries and. Maybe broader than just China, but China, he's the big, uh, the big celebrity showing up or coming to San Francisco to meet with President Biden. Um, nobody knows what they're going to talk about, but uh, uh, Emperor Newsom decided that it, that was a good time to clean up the streets of San Francisco. Justified Pursuit listeners are certainly not uh, unaware of the fact that the once um, 
you know, once crown jewel of the West Coast, San Francisco, one of the one-time greatest cities in the whole planet, had uh, devolved into a homeless, fentanyl-addicted hellhole where app an app had been created years ago now to, like, Waze will show you where wrecks and officers of the law are. Uh, this app shows you where human feces is along the street, so you can avoid stepping in it. Um, so it my has, wife it had, recently went to San like this past summer, early, like June, she did a girl's trip to go visit an, a co-worker that had moved there, uh, taking a job at a hospital there. And she would witness that people just crapping on the street firsthand. Yeah, it's a real thing. You know, I, I remember saying on the show once, I'm always Ugh. a little skeptical. Is it being made worse than it is? But no, it was real bad. People were fleeing the city. And, um, speaking of that. I have to make a note. LA tax. Circle back to that idea about people bailing out of California. So it had become just a dumpster fire, right? The mayor, the former mayor of, of Austin went on Joe Rogan's podcast a couple of years ago and said, we have to keep Austin from becoming California talking specifically about uh, San Francisco in particular and LA right. talking about the homeless crisis, right? Well, good old governor Newsom. He was a former city manager for, they have, um, instead of city councilmen, they have, um, I think the I think they call them managers, but you know there's there's a manager for each district. It's not like the city manager that does all the city planning. It's it's basically an elected councilman per position. He was one of those. I think he was also the mayor of San Francisco before ultimately becoming governor. So he had a lot to do with the destruction of um, that city. And so sure enough, in the last two weeks, they have rousted. All the homeless, no idea where they put them, but they've all been ran out and they're not actually flying a chopper with Febreze over, but they are power washing the entire city, um, hauling off the trash, cleaning up the poop. And there are reports that the water that they're using to scrub everything is scented with some sort of nice fragrance and germ neutralization uh, additive. So he is literally cleansing the city. And of course, he's everybody nice for when the homeless people return after Xi Jinping. That'll be that'll be the interesting part, right? Is is do they just go right back to where they were? But of course they do. You know, obviously, everybody on the right is sitting here going, oh, look, he, he doesn't do anything for the citizens of the state of California and the citizens of the city of San Francisco. But as soon as a, a Chinese dictator who has probably contributed to uh, the Newsom slash Pelosi family empire. Uh, in fact, not probably, most certainly has, mm -hmm. uh, as well as Barbara Box, uh, Boxer and everybody else in politics out there. Um, yeah, we'll clean it all up when he comes into town. And, you know, I'm sure there were Californians thinking the same thing. I'm pretty sure why, that's why that dude Sabo or slash Sabo created the uh, Lizard King uh, street art. Mm. But the f amazing thing is he copped to it. Did you see that? Uh-uh. Like earlier this week, he was doing a press conference and they were like, well, so like you didn't clean the streets of San Francisco up for the last 15 years, but now you're going to do it. And he's like, well, yeah, I mean, we have like 2000 people coming into town. We have to show the city off. And it's like, yeah, but couldn't you have like done that for the people who live and pay taxes there? Mm. I mean, you know, hey, we got to be like super friendly and open to debauchery until a Chinese dictator comes into town. So he just flat out admitted like. Yeah, I didn't really care until the commies got here. Uh, but now it's really important that we put our, our best foot forward. They probably <laughs> don't want Biden tripping on human poop. I'm sure that's part of it.
Yeah. You know wow. he would like break a hip if he stumbled on a semi-dried piece of human scat. I'm surprised he hasn't already <laughs> broken. A maybe hip. he has. He's fallen a lot. He, you know, up up the stairs generally. Maybe we've had. He has. We've all seen the uh, changed earlobes and the odd mask-like uh, <laughs> tightness around his ears at times. All right. There's the deep end conspiracy theory that uh, Chisholm has become known for. Uh, dude, look at the pictures. They're out there. I'm, you know, maybe they're AI. Maybe we're they're living in weekend at Bernie's, for sure. That's what you're saying. Yes. I don't know who if they if it's if they've got like a, a an actor in there. They're pretty good at looking just as stupid as him. I don't know. I don't know what's real anymore, Chisholm. Uh, I do know this though. Did you see the uh, after the new after school program? It's it's no longer the trans thing or uh you know drag queen story hour no this is i don't know if, it, if, if it's worse but i think it might be worse this is uh the after school satan club hey kids let's have fun at the after school satan club this is for lebanon elementary school in lebanon connecticut and they have all the look um, this is this is a real thing look at this let's have some fun kids at after school satan club let me show you. Do you have? Would you like to take a guess at the at the appearance of the people running the after-school Satan Club? What, what do you think they look like? I bet they look like their hair um, was created in a laboratory. I bet they have big things hanging from their septums. Um, maybe even wear some sort of devil horns on their head. There's this poor young lady. Now, would you say some of them were like? probably need to buy three seats when they get on an airplane Definitely. go along with their blue hair yeah and it's funny because the skinny ones are the ones wearing masks to protect themselves <laughs> from covid <laughs> right yeah let me let me circle back to california's destruction real quick so the note i made which is um you know in in line with the the whole we'll just let san francisco cave in on itself till the commies show up and screw the residents I feel like maybe we reported on this that uh, California was kicking around the idea of a um, of a tax on people who wanted to leave the state. Right. Yeah. Well, they're doing that now. If did you know that if you own a home in L.A. and you sell it, the city takes five percent of your proceeds. Like that's already the law. That's already the law. Uh. They're already jacking people. So I I was listening to Rogan last week. And it doesn't matter on. though. Like five percent is nothing because you you're gonna make a killing and you're gonna come to Texas or some other red state and you're gonna get a mansion for what you sold your piece of crap nineteen forty two three bedroom house for in San Francisco or LA. It doesn't matter. Oh uh, come I mean, here and pay cash and then they jack our prices up. That's how it works. Yeah. People who own property in LA, you would assume, yeah, could afford that five percent. But first of all, the property values, I mean, you know, the housing market has slowed down a bunch, right? Mm. Property values across the country have at worst, at best flattened out. And in certain places like California, they are seeing a decline in property values. Um, meanwhile, how, is, how eight, is that possible? Like more homeless people, people are fleeing. More homeless people equals decreased property value. Who would have ever well, They thought? can't afford to buy a house. Who would have thought that? They don't even want to buy a house. Oh, wait, there's Nobody a bunch is, of squatters living in front of my house. Well, that's another reason why the property values are being destroyed, right? right? Like right. you've got a $1.5 million four-bedroom 
you know, 1800 square foot house and there's, you know, four dudes camping in front of it. Yeah. That that doesn't help with property values. Right. But also with 8% interest rates, your buying power has been decimated. Right. So yeah, they can move, but they probably have a 2%, 2.5% interest rate on their, you know, California bungalow. And then they want to move to Texas and they want to buy something that's worth the money that they have. And they're going to pay 8%. It's not, it's not a perfectly simple, like, we'll just pay your 5% and get the hell out of here, out of there. Some people yeah. are still going to do it. Right. But it was, it was cool. I was listening to Rogan and he had on a friend of his named Whitney Cummings, who is a, uh, a, uh, also a, she's a lady comedian and I've heard him on her on with him a bunch of times. And, you know, she's what you would expect of a, a California based, you know, female comedian. She's, you know, I think, would be fairly described at least when I first started listening to them together as pretty liberal, but she would always, she was always about free speech. Right. And she always questioned the trans thing and all that. Well, over the last two or three times he's had her on, she started like the last, before this last week's episode, the earlier this year, maybe she was on and she was wearing a West Virginia t-shirt and she talked about, she's from Appalachia mm-hmm. and she was talking about, the new administration decimating the coal industry, which her grandfather was a coal miner and everybody that she grew up around around were all in the coal industry. Right now she knows all these people who are addicted to fentanyl uh, and other, you know, various assorted drugs out in Appalachia. My point is this lady's attitude has started to change pretty dramatically. Now she's eight months pregnant. She's about to have her first kid at 40 years old. Um, man, she's getting red pilled fast. She told him, I'm trying to move to Texas. I want to come to Texas, but she's the one who brought up, but they're going to hit me for 5% if I sell my house. So I'm trying to figure out how to make it work. So anyway, I still don't like it though. And you say they, they come here, your take has long been, they come here and then they vote the right way. I still, I don't believe that to be true. I I believe they come here and they think, oh yeah, this really want a slice of this freedom and this red state. And then inevitably they fall back on their, Oh, not all of them first of all i wouldn't say all of them because no hurts people's feelings so i would not i would not say all of them but we've talked about the statistics on the beto cruz election where 55 percent of the non-native texans voted for cruz to 45 percent, and then conversely beto won by the skinniest of margin it was more like 50 50 i think 51 49 among native texans uh, most of the Native Texans were probably still pissed at him for how he handled the Trump nomination in 2016. But so I'm not saying it's it's all of them. That was running again. What? Yeah. For what? I think governor. <laughs> That's awesome. Fast so what, forward though what all to has he failed. What he's failed at Senate. He lost to Cruz. He failed at president. Yeah, dude. He's. Uh, I think he might be the. Is it? Keep talking. I'll look it up. Well, so my main point is even fast forward from the 2018 Ted Cruz quote unquote squeaker where he won by six points. Republicans won every statewide office in 2020 and 2022. This state has become redder despite the fact that we've we've accepted millions and millions of political refugees into this state in the last 10 years. Right. you think that they're coming in and voting blue, but this the election is not bearing that out. It's getting more consistently red. They aren't winning anything on statewide on a statewide basis, and the only blue representatives in the Texas Congress are coming out of the massive ma- metropolitan areas. 
So, yeah, he's running for governor. <laughs> Beto for Texas. He just likes to lose. I was talking to a guy who's really plugged in with like lobbying and politics. Uh, he's on my Ducks Unlimited committee. And uh, I, I think we should have him on the show sometime. But he told me that Abbott is positioning for a presidential run in 2024. Probably. Yeah. I mean, you know, why wouldn't he? I didn't, I never thought about it, but <clears throat> I mean, everybody who, who, you know, if you're the governor of California, Texas or Florida, you're going to throw your hat in that ring at some point, you know, yeah. biggest States in the union. It's so true. Hmm. Beto doesn't stand a chance. It'll be fun to watch him crash and burn yet again. Kind of like Kamala. He's the gift that keeps on giving. That's right. Bring it on. Keep running, bro. <laughs> Is there a limit on how many times you can run and lose? Unfortunately, no. And there's also, well, I don't have any problem with running as many times and losing. It's, I don't like the fact that we don't have a constitutional provision that term limits our governor. That's a problem that Texas should seriously look at fixing. Correct. It yeah. would, but you know, it would take a revolutionary. It would take someone that is in it for the right reasons. And well, you remember, I think it was Kay Bailey Hutchison that ran against uh, Rick Perry the last time Rick Perry got elected, right? Hmm. And she said, I, "I," she said, Rick Perry should resign. He, at that point, he had been governor for twelve years, was running again, and she's like, "We should." She actually brought it up that we should pass a constitutional amendment to put a term limit on governorship. We talked about this, I think, during that that particular election, because I, you know, when I was at the TCEQ all the way back in two thousand eight nine era, he was president. He was uh, governor. By the time he left office, every single position that the governor appoints in Texas, he had already he he owned the Texas government in terms of appointed positions. And he had replaced those people two and three times, right? So it is a, it's not a good thing to allow a governor to run over and over. And, and, and also he hadn't gotten a majority of the electorate in like three straight elections because, you know, in the governor race, there's usually five different candidates, right? You had, um, what was that crazy musician guy that would always throw his hat in the ring um, from Austin? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue, dude. He has a weird name. Um, he was kind of a left-leaning libertarian type guy. Not ringing a bell. Point is, you know, you'd have four or five different. So he would win the majority, not a majority. He would win a plurality. He'd win forty percent of the vote, and the other sixty was chopped up among four other people, right? Um, so he never had a majority of the state. I don't think he had a majority approval rating. I may be wrong about that. But the main thing is, you know, if you're getting to pick out every position in the government and then replace the ones you don't like with people who are more beholden to you, uh, then, you know, you basically become a, over time some sort of dictator, right? So anyway, we need that. Two terms, then you're out. Move yeah, on yeah. Road. I don't disagree one bit. Yeah. Um, tell me about the Supreme Court decision in New Jersey with the uh, healthcare worker vaccine mandate. Right. Yeah, so just popped up in my news feeds this past few days that uh, the Supreme Court 
refused to take up an appellate court decision uh, out of the case originated out of New Jersey. Six uh, nurses were had sued the state of New Jersey for their vaccine mandate for healthcare workers. And I think they lost in the original trial court with the trial court basically ruling that the state had the authority to do that. But by the time they got it to the appellate court, the state of New Jersey had canned the mandate like basically everybody has now. Right. So these are people who lost their jobs, I guess, temporarily. And by the time they got to the appellate court, they could go get their jobs back. I don't know that they did, but they could. Because okay, there was no longer. Great. Are you going to back pay me for all of that? And what about for while well, I had to live in, you know, uh, on ramen noodles for the two years where I was unemployed? Dude, what if I lost my, my house? Is the appellate court ruled that the case was moot because they couldn't show any damages and the, and the, and the decision didn't show been... any damages. I didn't get paid. Hold up. I didn't get paid. How is that not damages? Seems like the definition of damages. Well, okay. So I, I didn't read far enough into it to figure out how long were they unemployed. Here's the thing, right? Like if you get fired and you go find another job, then your only damages would be for the brief time that you were maybe unemployed, right? I, I don't know how they didn't have damages, but the main thing was by the time that they had gotten to the appellate court, the state of New Jersey had laid down their vaccine mandates, which meant those ladies could go back to work in the New Jersey hospital system. So when it reached the Supreme Court, the court decided the case is moot. We're not taking it. They issued they issued no ruling. They just said, we're not going to take it up. The appellate court case stands, hmm. which if you know anything about law and, and, you know, all sorts of appellate court, including Supreme Court jurisprudence, that's very common that if there's a simple out, the Supreme Court will not come take up a, con a uh, controversial case, right? So they were able to just say, hey, New Jersey backed off, so now it's all good, uh, which meant they didn't have to go and rule on whether it was constitutional to do so in the first place. Um, so that kind of sucks. But, I mean, if there's a bright side there, at least they backed off, right? Yeah. What so. about the Department of Justice having to hire lawyers to fight vaccine injury claims this is this is incredible uh yeah i find hardly it i mean what do they they have to cover their asses so it's not really surprising but here we are well it's because of a massive later. right because there's a massive number of lawsuits going on as we speak yeah so the department of justice as we speak has a job requisition posted i think the deadline to apply is like november 30th um where they're looking for, I heard, I didn't see it in the, I actually looked it up on the DOJ's website and it, I didn't see a number, but what I heard that caused me to look it up on a podcast was that they're looking for like eight new attorneys to specialize in fighting uh, vaccine injury cases because uh, they're out of manpower. So yeah, there are a bunch of cases being brought and these lawyers who are bringing these cases are trying, you know, we we've talked about Pfizer, Moderna, these companies have immunity, right? So they can't sue the vaccine manufacturers. So they're creating new legal theories to sue the government for mandating the vaccines, for promoting the vaccines, for green lighting the vaccines, 
and for offering immunity to the manufacturers. So they've really put the government in a pickle. There's going to be a Supreme Court case in the next four to six years about this, where it's like, you know, is the government going to, you know, turn around and say, oh, well, we're going to restrict, you know, remove the immunity because we're not going to foot the bill for this or I don't know. We'll see what comes out of it. Um, well, then you would just have the big pharma companies suing the government back saying, no, you told us right. we were 100 percent. That's why we put the poison in everyone's veins. So that's right. Right. So so that's where it's a it's just a dog and pony show. Like there's no there's going to be suing each other. I don't think the victims will get a dime out of it. Mm. How because how many and here's the other reason why people that were like, you got to get the shot. I got the shot. Did you get the shot? They just voluntarily just said, I'm going to get the. Now they're victims too. They have the half the. How many? What percentage of the population is vaccinated? They're not just going to say, well, we're going to repay damages to everyone that took the shot. So, relatedly, the British Medical Journal, uh, BMJ, had a study that came out uh, in the last two weeks pointing out that the vaccine adverse event reporting system, VAERS, hmm. is seriously badly broken. So, there is money set aside for people who have a vaccine injury claim. That's the thing is that because of the immunity and that this immunity has been granted to the vaccine manufacturers since the early 80s. Uh, I think we've talked about this, but Reagan signed into law that vaccine injuries are not going to be paid out by the manufacturers. They go into the vaccine, the VAERS reporting system, and then the government has up to like $200,000 per individual injured for that, right? So they got extra protection under the emergency use authorization for this, but they had the protection already. There have been something like, I don't even remember how many tens of thousands, tens of thousands of, of uh, injuries have been reported into VAERS. There are doctors and nurses who are testifying uh, and, and who are actually plaintiffs in lawsuits right now against the government for fumbling the vaccine reporting system saying, I submitted 30 of these things and never even got a call or an email back. Nobody ever asked any questions about it, right? If I'm not mistaken, what I heard earlier this week is that at this point, with tens of thousands of vaccine injuries having been reported, something like 15 people have been paid and the average is 2,200 bucks a person. <laughs> yeah. Laughable. Uh, but you know what's funny, you know, big picture wise, is that uh, I read this headline yesterday. Uh, it says, Pfizer to rake in billions with new um, with new drugs after sudden spike in cardiovascular disease. Rake yeah. in billions, so create the poison and then create the cure. Which probably yeah. is just more poison. The food industry and the medical industry has been making him making Americans sick for a long time and then making more money off of keeping you sick. Yeah. Pretty cool how that works, huh? Uh-huh. Uh, also in that same vein, uh pure blood semen like ours, worth a lot of money on the turkey oh, yeah. basting market. Yeah. A lot. People want that unvaccinated sperm. Yeah. So if uh I don't know, S ever hit the fan, I could always do that into a cup and sell it for a lot of money, I guess. Got to have a uh, exit strategy, <laughs> as, as as Curry and Dvorak would say. <laughs> Speaking of, like my 
camouflage. I, do. I noticed that yeah. last week. No yeah. agenda. Camo cap. Yeah. They don't strike me as big like outdoorsmen. Uh, you know, it's part of their whole their whole in their whole world that they've created with the whole like value for value. They don't make the merchandise. One of their listeners that they you know, which they call producers, set up noagendashop.com and they make the merch and sell it. And they they don't require a license. I don't even but basically they just get a donation to the show from the people who sell this merchandise. They don't have to give it, but yeah, so they don't even like brand or um, I'm sure they have no agenda uh, copyrighted, but then they don't enforce, you know, the copyright against their producers. So we should sell something. Yeah. Like, well, remember uh, I told you the other day, <laughs> yeah, we came up with the phrase unwoke. I guarantee we were the first ones to say that. And now Ted Cruz just released a new book called unwoke. Still our thunder, Ted. Yeah. I guess we should probably go ahead and play the audio of the day here. Because I don't, I don't know if we're being pranked or not. It's hard to tell. With There's this. a video, bro. It's I a know, traffic stop. I this know, is real. This, but, but she's drunk it? and probably on pills. No, not probably. Definitely on pills. I know. But after you listen to this, and it's it's three minutes long, but it's worth every penny, every second. So we're gonna take a listen to Kai, <laughs> the drunk non-binary. <laughs> In the wrong way of traffic. No, I just got changed around. I just moved here like two months ago. Okay. I just got changed around. Okay. Do you understand what's going on though? Yes. You're going into oncoming traffic. I know. And I just decided that it was better just to turn around and be like, okay. But I'm sorry. I just have like really bad social anxiety and stuff. <laughs> I, get you. I don't want to step out whenever you're. I don't want to step out of the car. Stuff. Okay, well, we're past that. Just go ahead and step out. As we're past that. An person. Oh, another red flag. Indigenous person. Bring back here, please. Miss Perry? Am I... well, I'm non binary, so. Okay. <laughs> Where do you go by? Kai. How can I refer to you tonight? Kai? Okay. Hey, I'm smelling alcohol. No. How much have you consumed tonight? Probably through Jing. I need to run you through some tests right now. Stand facing me, please. But I just want you to know that I also have very bad social anxiety. You and me both. Okay. Okay? Any recent head trauma, traumatic brain injuries, anything I need to know about? Uh, mental, yes. <laughs> Focus on my finger, please. I am. You're just, like, trying to intimidate me. I don't know how I'm trying to do that. This is the test. As you know, as an indigenous person, and there's a bunch of sh going around, I'm sorry, but it's just for me to be on my toes. I get you. Do you remember that I told you that? I'm non-binary. Yeah, I'll try my hardest. I'll refer to you as Kai, right? Yes. Perfect. I need to know if you have any injuries or anything that would prevent you from doing a standard walk or turn tonight. Mental health. Um, any physical injuries? Mentally, yeah. <laughs> no. I just... She laughs. Okay. Mental PTSD, depression, anxiety. I get you. PTSD, depression, anxiety. Now with you your right foot, place yeah. it in front of your left in a heel-to-toe-touching manner with your arms by your side, just like this, ma'am. Not call me ma'am, please. <laughs> I'm trying my hardest. Okay, cool. Okay. You look like a man. I'm trying my hardest. I feel like a man, so. Okay. It's kind of triggering. Right foot in front of your left. Nope, go back. I'm sorry, that's a whole man thing. Just like. I apologize. Let's see if we can move forward from it. You have zero questions? 
No, but I just wanted to tell you that I suffer from really bad anxiety, especially uh, with generational trauma and PTSD around <laughs> white people and cops. Like, She's white, by the way. It's just... Uh, I'm going to speak with you right over here, okay? No. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead and place your hands behind your back. Don't, dude. Don't make don't, it hard. Please. Don't make it hard. No, no. you're... You're going to get a resistance. Dude, I... You're going to get a resistance. I right? don't. Don't resist. Don't. Listen to me. Don't resist. Don't. You're being okay. a white man and... Come don't. Here. I followed all of your shit. Like, I'm going to do this person like, you guys. You guys are scaring me. There's nothing to be afraid of. Yes, there is. It's called that had to be a joke right there we're being spoofed there's just too many golden nuggets in there to be real that can't be real life can't that cop life. deserves the presidential medal of freedom in my estimation he <laughs> is so cool so slick I, I sat there and just kept writing down his little phrases man I, <laughs> like when he's like i got you i got you you and me both. Like, you and yeah, me we're both. past that. <laughs> uh, how can I refer to you? Yeah. Yeah, you and me both. Uh, that was incredible. She said, but, uh, I mean, she's the victim. Clearly, it's like she's this this is a this is a product of modern society. No one ever tells these people no, you can't do that. You get your trophy. you showed up. Here's your participation trophy. You know, okay, well, this is where this, that's, this is the end product of that. Oh, and what the F is generational trauma? What is that? What is generational trauma? Well, I think we've talked about this before too, but it would have been a pretty good while back. Um, this is a cool little divergence. So you and I have talked about epigenetics as it pertains to, say, raising big deer, right? Mm -hmm. So... Everybody kind of knows what genetics are, right? It's the DNA that you get from your your parents, your grandparents, et cetera, right? So it makes you an indigenous person, according to her. Well, so there's this concept of epigenetics, which is to say, um, like in deer breeding, deer raising, whatever. If you have a herd that's really, really healthy and all the does are really, really fat and happy and you've had plenty of rain and there's plenty, plenty of feed and a buck is born, then that buck has maximum growth potential. If the same doe and the same buck breed in a, in a time of drought and the doe's body weight is down and her body fat percentage is down and she's super stressed, signals are actually sent through the umbilical cord to the fetus that turn off big antler and big body genes. Uh, this has been confirmed. This was actually known in like cattle breeding way before it was sort of proven out in deer breeding by the Mississippi State University Deer Lab. But genetics are part of the equation they're not the whole equation so so stressed mamas generate smaller deer that don't have the same growth potential because that helps them survive right it's a survivability evolutionary trick right well there is a concept in psychology slash psychiatry slash sociology okay so like jordan peterson will say we evolved to be able to identify patterns uh, that are threats, right? So like a baby is naturally afraid of snakes, right? 
So the the theory is, I don't think that's that, true though. I don't think. I mean, I think that's a learned behavior. Like you put a snake in front of a toddler. I think that toddler is just going to like pick it up. Like, well, the same thing as like touching fire or something. They don't know. I don't think that's true. I don't think you're born with an inherent fear of an animal. Mm. I guess I we think can it's a learned behavior. Agree to disagree. Okay. Um, I think kids are spooked out by snakes and spiders and creepy crawly things. Mm, yeah, because they're taught to. Let's look it up. All right. You're derailing me. Are children naturally... That is, that is one of the greatest gifts of social media, though, is how many morons get bit with playing with poisonous snakes, and then they're like, shocked that they got bit by a poisonous snake <laughs> I don't want to say I'm cheering for the snake in those videos but it doesn't really bother me guess what hmm. the first two hits contradict each other okay according to the NIH which take that for what it's worth <laughs> Uh, infants have a predisposition to quickly fear certain creepy crawlies. According to National Geographic, quoting a psychology professor named David, Ra David Rackison. Wait, yeah, no uh, current work and indeed no existing work has provided evidence that fear of snakes or spiders is innate. Okay, so that's the kind of the problem with psychology, which is part of the reason I bailed out on it uh, right before getting my degree in it. <laughs> You can, the studies on this type of thing are all over the board, right? Yeah. But kids do have natural fears, right? Certain things, like, I mean, there are things that kids recoil at, right? Hmm. What Peterson said, believes is it, and, you know, he's the most cited clinical psychologist in the history of the profession, is that our visual acuity is, is designed to spot a pattern of, you know, of, of a snake pattern in the grass, right? And, to be wary of it and he believes that's a that is an inherited trait that goes back millions of years of human evolution hmm. um i mean certainly i think we see it in wildlife right you, you see wildlife hit the ground and basically automatically understand what predators are right um anyway getting back to generational trauma the theory is that your ancestors' trauma can be passed down to your subconscious. So there's a train of thought that says that in the American black community, for example, the horrors that were perpetrated on them since 1619 through, what, 1860-something, um, they still carry those scars today. And, of course, modern society picks at those scars and makes sure that they continue to bleed um, by reminding them of that trauma. Yeah, well, I mean, part of my family was probably slaughtered by Vikings 500 years ago. Can I just claim that? Like, I have this generational trauma because some Scandinavians came to wherever the Smiths originated from and they raped my great, 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 great grandmother and they killed my great grand, whatever, uh, murdered half the village. I think, so, do you think that is there a statute of limitations on this? I mean, this is absurd. You think you do you think if you lived on the beach and a ship full of uh fur covered 
uh, club and sword wielding horned helmet, uh, bearing, uh, Danish warlords started to stampede and onto the beach. Do you think you'd just stand there and be like, what's up guys? Or do you think you may be like, shit, let's get out of here. I'm probably gonna be like, what testosterone are y'all on? And can I get some? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't know the validity of any of that to your point. The theory is that you can inherit the basically memories of certain trauma through your ancestors. Okay, well, that's just this is non-starter. That's absurd. So the whole thing is just a crock of. No, you can't inherit memories from someone that was dead mm, five hundred. I disagree. Ago. I don't. I don't agree with you. I, I think you. I think it's entirely possible that we do. That we inherit memories from our deceased ancestors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, memory. I wouldn't necessarily call it memories. Um, but I do think. I think these are societal things. Not hasn't. You're living in the present. I'm sure you could still say I'm oppressed because of what happened to my family 400 years ago. You can't say. Yeah, you, okay, but whichever way. It, okay, so either one explains what she's getting at, right? Either she's aware of the uh, alleged traumas of her ancestors because society reminds her and she's educated on it, or she has an ingrained, deep-seated part of her subconscious that maintains Which it. would only be there if it was planted by a human. Like you, you, that doesn't that that's nonsense. That's cockadoo. It's absolute absurdity. You can't inherit something. It's only learned behaviors, which is why I was like, you're not you, a toddler doesn't know what a snake is. Therefore, a toddler is not afraid of a snake. Does a newborn infant know how to suckle basically immediately? Once the titties in its mouth, well, no, actually, some because sometimes they don't latch. Yeah, but no. latching latching is a lot more complicated. If you stick a pacifier or a bottle in their mouth, don't they know how to suck on it? Yes. Right. Right off the bat. First day, mm -hmm. as soon as they come out. Latching is a little different because the mom has to be, she has to stick to it. She has to learn how to latch, right? The baby can only do so much, right? It hurts. Women have to have the the fortitude to be committed to making it work, that sort of thing, right? Yeah, it doesn't always work out. Sometimes it doesn't, right? But yeah. we work around it. If Again, if you stick a bottle in their mouth, they suck that sucker dry, right? They're born knowing how to do that. I'll go back to the deer. A deer drops, and within, what, an hour or two of hitting the ground, they're on their feet, mm -hmm. walking around, and they just follow their mama, right? Just well, I put it this way. like uh, There are kids get hit by cars all the time because they don't have an inherent fear of, like, I don't, you know, I'm going to get hit by a car, but yet it happens. Well, so that's complicated, right? Because the biggest problem there, in my opinion, would be that the kid doesn't have the awareness beyond about a three foot radius to realize that they wander into the street there's going to be a car coming from a hundred yards away at 30 miles an hour right right so like it's if the car's driving right at them they're going to at least be like whoa you know startle a little bit they may not run because they're super uncoordinated right but they don't want to get bowled over they're just clumsy little monkeys so right? the, the whole point of the thing though is like i i just don't believe that there's any validity to the claim that the generational trauma is instilled within your being no, it's put there by societal norms or trends or history or whatever it is, but that's not learned. There's no, there's, there's, that's absolute absurdity. You don't know that. If, if, what if that, if she was adopted by some, by another family, would she ever, no, she wouldn't have that. To your because, point, I think the main problem in modern society when anybody's claiming generational trauma is that they are constantly reminded of things that happened to their ancestors two or 300 years ago. Hmm. So victim, okay. here's the, my here's my victim card. Now you right. can't arrest me because I'm a victim. I was driving into oncoming traffic, but I'm 
I have generational trauma, so it's not my fault. But here's another Jordan Peterson thing. You know what an archetype is, right? Mm-hmm. An archetype, like the, the, the best example of an archetype is like the hero's journey, right? The hero rises up to save the village and slay the dragon, right? <clears throat> jokes. Jokes are a good example. Most jokes can all be boiled down to about 15, 12 or it's like a dozen different core jokes, right? Stories. If you tell a story that's aimless and wandering and doesn't have a, a set of characteristic high points and a climax, right? Then it's not a very good story, right? So he talks about how we evolved with the Bible. And these stories in the Bible resonate deep in our soul because all of them have these archetypal uh, tendencies, right? They all, they all have a lesson to teach, right? Uh, a poem that doesn't have some sort of message about the human condition doesn't resonate. A, a, a story that doesn't have a, a, a narrative arc and a, and a lesson to teach, nobody, it's just, it goes false flat, right? So there is, there are things that resonate in our consciousness and in our soul that are common across human existence. Here's a good one. Smiling and frowning, those are innate. There's no denying that. That's, that is proven. Smiles are consistent across all cultures, all populations from the most like remote, you know, jungle indigenous people to people born in Manhattan, right? Mm. Smiling is a human trait that is, doesn't have to be taught a happy baby at, you know, I remember the very first time I saw Riley smile. I got home from work when we lived in Round Rock. I think she was a few weeks old. It's what, it's maybe three, four, five weeks when they start smiling for the first time. And I, I walked up, Ashley was sitting on the porch with her and she saw me and her face just lit up and it was, I'll never forget it. Mm-hmm. Right. We didn't teach her how to smile. Right. That was just a natural reaction. Hey, daddy's home. Big smile. Right. So there are things I, to your point, I think that the biggest problem with the concept of generational trauma is that there are wounds that we either create or we reopen by reminding people of things that happened in the past. Um, but I'm not closed off to the idea that our soul and our spirit is eternal, right? And the souls and the spirits of all our ancestors are also eternal. And so, you know, I think that those consciousnesses are still in the ether, right? We live parallel to the spirit realm. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I'm having any communication with my deceased ancestors. Okay. Consciously or subconsciously, like. Do I do I believe my grandfather's in heaven? Like whether heaven's really above us or not, I have no idea. But wherever heaven is, do I think he's looking down on me? I don't know. I really don't. I know I'll be reunited with him someday. Okay. But I don't know. Do you think people that are well, they're no longer people. Do you think the souls, the saved souls that in heaven know what's going on on in your life? I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I don't know that I've really ever even thought about it, but well, like when we shoot a deer with my, when I shot a deer with granddad's gun, like I was like, he sure would be proud. Maybe he's looking down on me. Maybe he knows, but does he really, does this all really know? I don't know. You're the philosopher. 
Well, I, I don't know the, the answer. The I know group. I know like, the Bible tells us that <laughs> if we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and believe in our heart that He's raised from the dead, we will be saved and have eternal life with the Father. So, if that means our consciousness transcends this mortal coil to something else, then it's certainly possible. Um, God created our souls, and nothing is impossible for God. So, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Hmm. Well, do you think all of the saved individuals throughout history are congregated in one place, or do you think we're just in the ether, but with God? I think the spirit realm is infinite, just like God is. And I think that when we transcend to it, if our soul is saved, then our soul is essentially something like that infinite. I think that when we get there, our understanding on this earth will be like a grain of sand, uh, you know, in all the beaches on the planet. Like it'll just like the understanding. Okay. I don't think God is bound by time. I think God can see all, all of existence simultaneously. Which is why you and I've had these conversations. I don't know if we've hashed it out on the air. I think we have, which is why I don't believe God created the earth in seven days because what's in, in the, and the Bible wasn't written in the the language that we speak today, where, you know, which is why you talk about that Bama podcast, which is a great resource walking through how the Bible was written. We're going to get it. We're going to get a text from Mickey on this. Oh, for sure. But we already knew that as soon as I said, but Mickey and I argue all the time, like about some of the omissions in the old Testament. But the bottom line right. is all let, that aside, let's, let's see a question. Up is, for him. You just said, you don't, you, you believe God is timeless. He doesn't adhere to any time, nor should he if you're the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, what is time to you? So that's why I'm like, why would he put, why would he have to do it? In, why did we even consider doing it in seven days? Maybe a day to him was 50 million, million years. years. Who knows? Right. Well, and most importantly, what Bema points out is God created, you know, his creation each day. He separated the um, separated the waters above and the waters below, and he formed the earth, right? And it's not until day four that he places the sun in the sky. Well, when we say day, we mean the revolution of the earth around, well, the, the, the spinning of the earth around as it rotates around the sun, right? One full revolution of the earth is one 24-hour day. Well, if there was no sun yet until day four, what did God mean in the first three days? To your point, maybe God was using passing language down to this, this creation of his that couldn't possibly understand the immensity and magnitude and the lack of limitations that God had. So he just said, we'll call it a day. For him, it's a day, right? But the important part is, there was no sun in the sky till day four. Interestingly, each of the days, he says, and there was morning and evening on the first day. Well, how was there a morning and an evening if the sun didn't rise and the sun didn't set until day four? Can't wait to hear your take on that, Mickey. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. But uh, yeah. anyway, how do we get here? <laughs> Generational uh, trauma. Eternal, the eternal nature of the soul. Yeah. Interesting things to think about. Sure. And I, and, I don't know. If it's something I really want to think about, like being real. There are certain questions that we can't answer until we get there. And that's one of them that I'm perfectly content to leave until uh, I get to go to heaven and maybe God will be like, here's how it went down. Yeah. Huh. I'll either get to watch my grandkids from heaven and also 
get to see how my ancestors live because maybe I get to see into the past too. Don't but know. isn't that cool? We'll, well, it's not really cool. But it's kind of how we make ourselves feel good as humans to say, oh, granddad, look, he's smiling down on me right now. Yeah. Or whoever it is. For sure. Even though maybe that's maybe 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 that's just baloney. One day we'll know. Or we won't. We will. I'll see you when you get there. Yep. Um <laughs> see what else I have here. I don't know. I don't really have anything else. Do you? <laughs> yeah, Ukraine. Um Oh, that's why we can't send like that's why uh the vaccine settlements are twenty two hundred dollars because we sent all our money to Ukraine. Yeah. Inflation seems to be almost under control uh, in stock market news. So that's nice. By almost under control, everything's still 3.5% more in October of this year than it was in October of last year. But that's better than what we were at almost 7% a few months back. So what is the one? Do you, you don't probably, I don't think you do the grocery shopping. Do you go to the grocery store ever? Occasionally, but yeah, no, Ash takes care of most of it. I was going to say, what is the one thing that you're like, man, that sure seems like, is, is that really that much? Like for me, it's limes. Limes used to be five for a dollar. And now they're like 75 cents each. Yeah. Or two for a uh, I mean, all of them. I'm like, wow, eggs. that's like. What are eggs at now? Remember when eggs got up to like 12 bucks for a dozen? Yeah, they've come back down. But they're, right. they'll never be back down to what they were. Probably not. It doesn't work like that. The uh, guy, John C. Dvorak from No Agenda, who has a separate financial, you know, like stock podcast with this other guy. I um, can't think of his name. I've talked about it before, though. He brought up, he thinks that we're about to face a coffee crisis. Because mm-hmm. um, apparently the Chinese have adopted drinking coffee. They've and too many you, people. He, right. He's like, there can't possibly be enough coffee production in the world to support adding China to the... Uh, Coffee list and having okay. Starbucks, you know what? like China, across you the street from each tea. other. Leave our coffee alone. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but uh, boy, that doesn't sound like fun. Not having coffee, although I've been looking for an excuse to quit caffeine for a long time and just haven't had the uh, gumption. That'll, that'll, that'll piss yet, Mickey so. off too. He drinks like a pot a day. So do I. All day. You guys drink all day. I've I've had sure. my two cups by probably ten a.m. Probably nine thirty, and I'm done. Well, getting back to Ukraine. Um, Does it not dehydrate you? Sure. I think that's why I don't continue the uh, Try to drink a lot exercise. of water, too. Do what? I said I try to drink a lot of water, too. Water and coffee is pretty much all I drink. Okay. Well, let's talk about that. Is it really water or is it Topo Chico all day? Both. <laughs> Both. Although, no, I don't, not so know, much Topo Chico anymore. For you, but... uh, I'm digging La Croix. Lacroix, that's good. I'm, in, I'm drinking the uh, the Waterloo cherry limeade. Waterloo's are good. Mm-hmm. This one is lemon chillo. It tastes like uh, like a lemon cream popsicle. But I need to ask sweet. Mickey how much he paid for his uh, his thing that makes the fizzy water. He just makes it at home now. It might save us a lot of money in the long Probably. run. Probably. We should do that. Back to Ukraine one more time. <laughs> Better for the environment too. The Ukraine deal is over. Um, it's probably been eight months ago that 
Adam Curry started to point out, like European. It's over. Um, I saw Zelensky on a video like last week begging for more money. Begging for more money, right? Yeah. That was the key. I wish I had pulled that audio, but he literally went on one of the Sunday shows, if I'm not mistaken, and was like, "We need more money. If you do it, it's an IOU instead of American taxpayers. Just give us some money, and we'll pay you back." He's here begging uh, for money. You know that, He's begging uh, now. Begging. The kid is like uh, in the back seat. And he's like, a bullshit? A bullshit? A bullshit? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, just the fact that he's having to come on and put it in terms of like, we'll pay you back. We'll pay you back. Give us some more money. It's, it's over. It's an IOU. European. It's like dumb e and dumber. That's as good as money, sir. EU <laughs> leaders have been talking about it. The lady who runs Italy now was... Uh, there, there's these two Russian dudes that prank yeah. people. They pretend to be like from Africa and they get these uh, huge political leaders on and they dupe them into admitting things on, on tape. And she was like, yeah, there's not a lot of stomach left in the, in the European Union. It can keep on funding this war over there. And uh, yeah, Ukraine's I mean, just look, like, we're, we're, we got a new war we're fighting, right? We're funding Israel now yeah. and burning so, American and European cities down over it. What is where where does that leave it? Like Russia is just gonna take him over? Like he's being told it's time to negotiate, dude. His top general, uh, his name is very similar to Zelensky. It's like Zashinsky, which is interesting. His very top general is saying this guy's nuts. I've been trying to tell him we can't win this war. It's time to negotiate a settlement with Russia. His he's had people within his cabinet leaking out to the leaking out to the press. We can't reason with him. He has a, they said he has a messianic complex. He believes that he's been called to save Ukraine. And no matter how much evidence continues to mount that we're getting our tails kicked and Russia is going to just wait until we, you know, basically choke us out. Uh, they can't reason with the guy. He's, he's nuts. That's why he's coming over here and begging, uh, begging Americans to give, to just write him an IOU. So yeah, moving on from Ukraine. What's the, well, no, uh, I, I want to say one other thing about all of the money that we're giving to Ukraine, Israel, whatever. It's poor people's money from rich countries going to poor countries and back into the pockets of rich people in poor countries. That's the that's the money trail here. And a lot of American it's getting kicked, you know, a lot of it's getting kicked. Dollar. A lot of it's getting kicked back to rich American politicians and manufacturers of the stuff we're buying with the money. So yeah, no, it's it's right. You know, they claim to be for uh, redistribution of wealth, but what they're actually doing is stealing from the poor and giving to the rich. The opposite is Robin Hood. The Democratic Party, the anti-Robin Hood. <laughs> right. <laughs> Republicans are pretty bad about that, too, to be fair. The unit party. Yep. Speaking of, there's a... Uh, I'll encourage our audience to check this book out, and you and I are going to do a review on it in the near future. we got to pull apart text exchange here so i get it correct oh controlligarchs exposing yeah. the billionaire class their secret deals and the globalist plot to dominate your life by Seamus bruner and peter schweider yep uh, yeah i'm interested in that for sure yeah i am too i mean canceled. i don't i wish we we obviously haven't read the book yet we're going to that'll be forthcoming here in the i don't know next few weeks we'll have some time time and some deer blinds we'll we still owe another book review we never did. I think I bought the book. Three or the, four uh, out there that we've... Something of the Gods. What was it? I started reading it. Return of the Gods. Return of the Gods, yeah. I actually did start reading it. 
I'd, but... I'd still be down to revisit that. All right. Well, do you have anything else for episode 150? Mm, I guess we can let the listeners know that we're going to do a quick uh, Thanksgiving episode because uh, you won't be available next week. So we're going to cut next week's show and have it uh, instead of being stale by the time it comes out. We're just going to talk about Thanksgiving. Hmm. All right. That sounds good. And uh, we do hope that everyone has a great holiday season. Never mind. We'll, I'll ask this question when we open up the Thanksgiving show. Perfect. Uh, okay. That is going to do it for today's presentation. For Chisholm Cook, I'm Cable Smith. Thanks for tuning in to Justified Pursuit, and we will see you next time. Scatter shooting, wondering whatever happened to our run shoot. Let me take a piss break. Not stop recording. Seen a man get swept off his feet by a boy with an AK. The situation so twisted, everybody getting lifted. I'm just trying to take care of my kids and handle my business. Cause it's way too serious, so you gotta pay close attention. So you don't get caught slipping when it comes to do all the getting. Life is a big game, so you gotta play it with a big heart. Some of us gotta run a little faster, cause we gotta lay the start.